0: Some of the free shows this season include Izkali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Charlie Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org.
1: Today on CityCast Denver, the fallout from the Triangle Bar closing continues with heated debate over issues on all Denverites' minds public safety, homelessness, and good old-fashioned bad management. So we're hearing from the people who have been left out of the news so far, actual patrons, and our resident gay bar correspondent. Plus, our trip to Casa Bonita and the wins and fails of the week. Today's Friday, October 13th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that has inspired something truly unique and beautiful this week, the Cowboy Croc. Huh?
0: Oh, this was very hot on the Did you see Instagram. this photo? I did. So the, It's the hybrid of a cowboy boot and a Croc. A,
1: a cowboy boot made out of the signature Croc foam. Bree, it's dropping October 23rd, $120 <sighs> you a know, pair.
0: Well, my opinions have changed on Crocs because I have a two-year-old. Aunt. Really? Okay. Yeah. You can put it in the dishwasher. Oh, that's cool. So if you have a kid, kids are gross, and so I can wash his. It's the easiest thing. All that to say, I wouldn't put him in a croc cowboy boot though, because that's a whole other. That just seems like a sweaty boot. Yeah, you paint his mouth. Our our newsletter editor. I kind
1: of like it too. (laughs) I'm like, maybe that would be fun to wear. It's 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 too sassy for me.
0: (laughs) I have never seen you in western wear, Keith, but this might be.
2: No, that is that is a sassy. Charles white will
0: be like, "Please get out of my home."
2: That's a sassy white girl boot. I'm not
1: about
0: that. <laughs> All right. So okay, I get it. I get it.
2: <laughs> um,
1: Bree is of course here. Uh, it's Friday, Hi. 5280 magazine. That's where we're at. Um, and you heard his voice. Uh, I'll introduce him. He's a great returning guest. He's the creative director for the C Film Center. Uh, might I call him our gay bar and film correspondent? Hey, hey. sure. Why not? Keith Garcia is here. Welcome, Keith. Hello. Hey, good to see you again. Good to see you all, okay, too. Okay, we do talk
0: to you about gay bars a <laughs> lot.
1: I was thinking about that, because like, the last time was the Colfax
2: the crazy Hall horse. of Fame, which was fun, and then the oh, Crazy Horse. yeah,
0: you're right. Two of those. Look at you. Just,
2: I mean, you know, gay bars are part of being gay. It's, and it's, that's <laughs> perhaps and what that's we're going to talk, gonna about, talk today. about
1: today. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us, tell us more, <laughs> tell Keith. certain terms. Um, actually, yeah. I mean, that, that is our big topic. Why don't we just get into it? Um, Google The Cowboy Crack if you haven't seen it. Uh, but but for months, we've been talking about Mayor Mike Johnston, how he is really focusing on one issue right now, just now as he's gotten into office, uh, homelessness. And that's because it's on the rise, um, but it's also breaking everyone's brains. There was this one situation recently that Bree and I discussed on the show on Tuesday around a bar, the Triangle Bar, <laughs> this gay bar with deep roots. It's not the same business. It's There was a Triangle Bar in the 70s and 80s.
0: Anyway, yeah, I want to get into the, the deep we're, roots we're, thing we're, with we Keith we
1: barely in it. scratched the surface on Tuesday. We're talking about it again. We got the real story, I think, thanks to our listeners, um and we're going to hear more from 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 Keith um in a second.
0: <laughs> I was like Keith Paul and I, two straights talking about this. Please come on the show. And also, I, I, you said our wonderful listeners shared so much yes. fascinating information.
1: Yes. It's a whole different thing. It I, really I was is. Wrong. We were wrong about some things. We were right about some things that we didn't even understand, I think. Anyway, Keith, um, what's your relationship with Triangle Bar?
2: Um, as I mean, as a general customer, my relationship with bars is that, you know, I don't really drink. So I'm not going to bars for that reason. But gay bars um, are community. That is kind of what, when you, you know, come of age, you know, as a queer person, you find your local gay bar that it, you that works for you that is your where your friends want to meet and where everyone feels welcome. And where you know, we don't have to, you know, play the the straight card or straight acting card. We can just be ourselves and and just feel safe and and build an entire community. And I really, not being a drinker, um, I came to gay bars mostly over the last fifteen years working on my documentary. You know, which is about drag um, and hmm. shooting a lot of um, footage in all of Denver's queer bars where performances happen. And um, I came to learn a lot about um, management and, you know, working with people who were the, you know, the hired guests at the time or the employees, some of them, you know, being employees of those establishments and hearing the, the ups and downs and the ins and outs of how these gay bars work and the, all the gossip and tea and everything. And um, when this triangle story you know, blew up this last week, it was like, oh, well, I already had like whole carafes of tea waiting (laughs) to be hear about, so.
1: It sounds like you're maybe more on Bree's side of things of suspecting the owner, Scott Coors, his explanation for why the bar is closing, which was... These homeless encampments are growing, uh, mm-hmm. especially after COVID. It's been you too much. Sus- People don't want to come uh, you anymore. Found this You're sus- suspicious I, of that.
2: It, it, like you know, the cause being homeless encamp and then I immediately knew that that was like incorrect. I was like, nope. Yeah. There's a million other reasons that precede homeless encampments for why the triangle failed. Well,
1: m- maybe we could uh, get into some of these listener yeah. uh, voicemails and emails, and we can we can hear um, a little bit more about what you were thinking, Keith. Um, so this one comes to us from. Tyler.
0: Hey, I'm Tyler. I live in Lakewood. And, um, I had, uh, some thoughts about triangle bar closing. Um, I, uh, moved here a couple of years ago as a queer person. And I really, like I had heard the history and I really
2: tried to like triangle bar, but every time I went in there, it kind of just felt like it was a space for like rich, pretty money gays. And, us weirdos weren't necessarily so wanted, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, I was spending my weekend with a bunch of the weirdo gay activists,
0: and uh, there was a lot of like rolling eyes at that ex- at the explanation of the unhoused people. Uh, so that's my two cents. Thanks for all you do. I really love listening to y'all. So I want to. I think he said, "Rich, pretty gays." Was that the way he sort of described yeah. it? And what did what did you think about that Dis- <laughs> characterization of the of this bar's clientele in particular, Keith? Because that struck me.
2: Well, and here's the thing, and I'm gonna I have to speak kind of carefully on some aspect because I do know people who do work at Triangle. Sure. And every bar in town, every queer bar in town, um, and I find the situation completely unfortunate for Triangle, but I. I'm always just trying to step aside from what's going to make it sound like my friends who work there are part of the problem. You know things like right. that. When I know that, as any of us that get into a job where we're like, "Well, management is this way," and I need this job, and I can float through in this capacity and do my job well, and just have to kind of close my eyes a little bit too.
0: Yeah, things you can't control. Or exactly.
1: When, um, and when everyone makes that choice at the same time, it creates this broader thing Mm
2: -hmm. exactly and so i i will say like triangle i did not choose to not go there over the last few months um i was a frequent you know visitor when it first reopened and uh for the last couple of years and you know coming out of the pandemic and everything like that um but i do there were definitely some management changes some choices of directions for uh what kinds of shows and entertainment they were having there and who was DJing there and who just all sorts of stuff that was pointing to one person's decision, um, coming in and changing that. And it really did. If this, if this person came there in the, within the last, you know, six, seven months, of course this is what they saw because that was the idea of what it was kind of populating was definitely pretty rich white gays. So and
1: the, that's the vibe. That's In what it became. The couple of months, it became yeah. the
2: vibe. Versus, like maybe,
0: I because I feel like they did have some drag, drag. Did they do drag trivia
2: there? They, I mean, they they did prior. every everything under the sun. You know, drag trivia. Um, you know, just general drag shows. They had hosted a lot of really great world class DJs um, and would have dance parties on the weekends and all sorts of stuff. That the, their pride events prior to this year's were top-notch and like really great and fun and like community boosting. Um, That's that
1: Coors money we talked about on Tuesday, I bet. Right? Well, well, I but mean, I mean, that's, that's the owner that we've kind of been leaving on the sidelines until now, but he's a big part of this Scott Coors. He's the owner of the building. Yeah, he's the guy who made the decision to close. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then
2: as management comes in, his management style comes in more a few months ago, which is really what I had heard is, was the problem was that. We, we
1: have to go a little deeper yeah. now. Um, we have another email we got from a longtime listener, friend of the show, one of the hosts of the really great. Three Stars podcast. Um, Peyton was on recently. Uh, So go listen to that episode of Three Stars. Um, Anyway, our friend Brad, uh, he tells us, you're right to suspect something deeper in the Triangle bar closing. A former man, Brad's in the service industry, long long timer, worked at the airport. Anyway, he says, a former manager when I worked at the airport was the GM slash managing partner of Triangle along with his husband and they were the ones who were ousted a few months ago. As I understand it, Triangle wasn't doing the number Scott Coors wanted and so he fired Sean and Roger. Lots of drama, but I heard they were partying too much and they weren't running it well enough. However, Sean and Roger were the face of the business and when they got the boot, the community was on their side and there was a huge boy caught of the place. Scott then made some bad decisions, like trying to create a paid annual VIP membership that no one wanted. Keith, you're nodding. You got this offer and said, no, thank you.
2: Yeah. I was like, it doesn't work out. There you go.
1: <laughs> the, the going feeling, I assume Brad is saying like in the service industry is that Scott is blaming the homeless encampments as a way to get some sort of kickback or to use it as some sort of leverage or to save face from his own mismanagement. That seems Quite obvious at this point that yeah. there was some mismanagement happening, which I was wrong about on Tuesday. I'll own that.
2: Well, and Bree, you brought up, you know, he owns the building. He's the he's the building owner, mm-hmm. um, and we sort of chatted earlier about, you know, there was a Firestone location right next door to on the same block of the Triangle forever, and was recently bought and fenced up, and that space is not big enough to do anything substantial on. But if you happen to buy the property <laughs> next door to it yeah. on that block, well, that space becomes something more manageable and more interesting. Um, and I can just see there being an offer on the table and the easy way out of this there is already, to say – It's already low
0: performing or however – you know what I mean? They're looking at their investments. This bar's not doing as well. If, now,
1: he hasn't said he's selling.
2: No. He hasn't said he's, he's yet, closing the bar. Not yet. And that's the whole thing because I think – what it comes down to in my, in my eyes – what I view this as is, uh, close the bar, um, get the community to be sad about it, and then what? What are you going to do with an empty an, an empty bar? You're going to sell it.
1: Right. Interesting.
2: But Interesting. I think the offers have been on the table for months, and this is just the, like, well, give me some, give me some time to get this bar instead of just being back.
0: like we talked about this yesterday too with the like a place like the a lot of times too historically. Queer and gay bars are in parts of town that are not considered desirable. And as cities change, these things change, property values go up. And I think we talked about the Eagle was like, hey, we got a really nice offer to sell our bar or our building. We're, we're, we we're want to retire. They ended up not. But they were very honest with the community. And I, I know that you and I are highly speculative right now about this, Keith. And I, I do want to make that clear, Paul, what you're saying is that is not out. The, the, the bar is not for sale. As far as we know, the building is not. It just—it's not uncommon for that. It wouldn't kind of be a thing. surprise if he did. No, exactly. And also, I, I Brad's comment about the management is interesting to me because it says something about there's a can be an owner of a bar, and then there's the people that run it. And if the people that run it are in the community, the community goes there because those yeah. are their friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what a successful business is. Yes. I mean, we should go, we should go another layer deeper because there's an explanation forming. We have to address uh, the other side. So Scott Coors, who, by the way, I did contact. I tried to get a hold of him. Someone was like, why don't you talk to Scott Coors? You're right. Thank you for writing in. I tried. I called the building. I think, suspect it might have been him that picked up, but he didn't say it was him. There was a weird moment. Um, He said, email him. So I emailed him and I didn't hear back. Anyway, we got a message from a listener. I want to read this. Um, Longtime listener, Ryan here from Central Park. Just some thoughts on the story about triangle closing as someone who lived across the street from Coors Field for two years which interesting connection that Coors Field, the Coors family Mm. on the other side of Mm the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. has been one of the forces of development and change Mm -hmm. pushing up against the very same Mm -hmm. squalor that defined it before and was anyway, anyway, very, Hey, there's a reason we're talking about it. Um, They write, "Uh, I can understand some challenges of the relationship between local businesses and unhoused folks. I used to frequent the Triangle and I can say without a doubt the situation around that bar was unsafe and the reason my friends and I stopped going there. We, we were often heckled while walking in and out of the venue, including slurs. This is not the same experience I had around other encampments where, near where I lived by Coors Field, where folks are polite and do not harass passerbys. So I'm not sure if that's the true situation for everyone, but I do know anecdotally that was 100% the reason we stopped going. And I don't know about you all, that sounds real to me. You know, Scott Coors says those old managers weren't making the number he wanted. That's another way of saying people had stopped coming as much.
2: As someone who used to go frequently, my not going in the last, you know, since the management change has to do with the offerings of entertainment. Um, There was just no shows or anything that I really wanted to go to. And if there was, I had friends that would do, you know, trivia nights or, you know, VJ nights or like whatever. I would go and I would support that. There would also be just like 10 other people there, but I would go to support that. and all these times I would go in the last few months not once was any encampment or any unhoused person or anything a, a factor for me to turn around and go or anything that caught me off guard I'm downtown
0: and I'm like yeah. <laughs> I just like I'm smiling because this is like not i, I I'm not undermining Ryan's experience no exactly that's, that's another thing it, too if you feel unsafe
2: sure. you feel unsafe and that no one happened. should no one should be heckled or slurs but in the met them. two
0: decades, I've been going to weird parts of downtown and been around all kinds of people. I've I just it doesn't feel like a real reason to close or play. We were talking about the wave was down there. I mean, they were all.
1: I think it is I real, just, though, because some people feel differently. <laughs> some people have different yeah. risk perceptions is another way of saying this than you two do. You're talking about your own experiences. right? And I'm not but-
0: undermining that person's experience. I just also experienced something different downtown.
1: Yeah. But in the aggregate though, because there are a lot of people like Ryan, that means a business like The Triangle makes less money.
0: Mm. And
1: that's what these business owners are talking about. They're not talking about, I don't think they're like, it's not an ad hominem attack. It's not like this person who's experiencing homelessness has d- decided to close my business by menacing my customers. No one's saying that. They're saying I'm losing business. And mm. it's it's. I've noticed that it correlates with this broader situation. Now, is he not also looking within himself to see that he is creating an atmosphere that's like not cool to be at, like
2: not a good bar? Sounds like absolutely yes. I just, this is why I know too, from the other successful queer bars in town, Tracks has always been an odd point of development too where Unhoused have also populated for a bit and then maybe been swept, whatever. X Bar's right on Colfax. I
0: don't. I was just gonna say
1: X Bar on, right on Colfax.
2: Charlie's was closer to one of the encampments for a long time, too. That was off of 13th. Um, and though I I know I've been at X-Bar when I've been just some rando drunk person yells a slur or something on Colfax. But that's just once again, we're in the city and yeah. this is 2023 dealing with drunk people and whatever. This is to it, me it, it, why it just it doesn't, doesn't
0: hold up as a business problem because it is so It's, you are in a city. This happens everywhere.
1: There were a lot of people who wrote in to share similar experiences of like, hey, there are other gay bars that have this same exact situation and are doing great. Right. So- Right, It's clearly not that. Anyway, one more listener comment and then we can move on. Um, Lisa D writes, on the subject of Coors and boycotts, when Scott Coors was there, it would have been in the early 90s. And I think she's talking about the old Triangle Bar back when it was like it was one of those seedy places. That's another thing I learned. Like it was kind of like a off, like it was well, like a countercultural. I, like 70s I, I would not say
2: seedy. C- yeah. Seedy is an odd word for uh, mm, Yeah, I don't. No longer like that. going. <laughs>
1: just
0: like where um, you can be we are allowed to be
2: exactly like the the tone of the the prior triangle like the old school triangle was definitely much more of a gay bar leather enthusiasts um you know kink enthusiasts Folks that just wanted a safe place. This does not make it like a sex club, et cetera, anything like that. It was a bar where these people that had, that wanted to be shirtless or have an underwear night or something like that could come together when that stuff was considered seedy. Yeah. Interesting. Even though, well, I don't... I can't remember if Triangle – I don't think Triangle actually ever did have like an underwear night. But like X-Bar and Charlie's, like they'll, – they'll, they'll play around with some of these concepts because those are more acceptable within the gay bar culture these days. It's just to do those on certain nights to increase attendance and they work. Huh. Um, but yeah, the, the prior Triangle was great for many years because it was a gay bar. If you were gay and that was your scene, you went there. And that was safe. And that was a a perfect place for you to go. Um, Downtown had none of those issues did I think with it because you were coming mostly at night. and
0: It kind of feels like a disservice to reopen the bar under the same name, understanding you cannot bring that with it. You can't bring back Triangle.
1: Well, that that unlocks a whole but, other can of worms and that and we're going to talk right, yeah, about in like, a few minutes. I want it, But I want you
0: to dig more into this comment about the yeah, Coors yeah. boycotts, because Keith and I were talking about this.
1: I can't wait to hear what you think. Uh, so Lisa D. writes, on the subject of Coors and boycotts, when Scott Coors was there at the old Triangle, it would have been the early 90s when AIDS was still a death sentence and government wasn't doing much to address the issue. The Coors family was dumping money into electing Republicans. So at that time, the community saw boycotting Coors as life or death. That's no longer the case. It's been almost 30 years since effective treatments for HIV came around, and most of the guys going to the bars these days don't even remember that fear on the subject of losing business. Triangle was turning business away. They expressed interest in being an approved bar for the Mile High Bullseye Darts League, but absolutely refused to allow trans people inside. With several trans players in the league, that was a deal breaker. Uh, They have been known as an uncomfortable place for women for decades. I've been in the community since the early 80s, and I don't remember when it didn't have that reputation. there, there's more here, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on the the not wanting trans people in the bar and the Coors boycott.
0: I want to touch on something that Lisa D writes here where she says AIDS was still a death sentence. I don't think folks understand if you there's a great documentary called How to Survive a Plague. If you want to fully understand how the government turned its back on gay people and watched people die. Part of the activism that came out of that in the act up movement was Folks were bringing the people's dead bodies to the steps of the Capitol. Like people are dying, and the CDC won't do anything about it. So when Coors is pouring money into Republican camp, when did Reagan say? When was the first time Reagan said AIDS? Eighty-six. Yeah, it was long after. Four, three or four years after it had become a a crisis. So that lingers for folks. This this corporation put money into anti like. It was a death sentence to have AIDS in the early 80s. So I could see where – I see what Lisa is saying too is like if you didn't live through that – I didn't – I was a little kid. I didn't live through it, but I understand the history. If you didn't live through that, you may not understand why it's so toxic to be like, don't even serve a Coors in my bar. I lived through what they did.
1: And it may be – she's saying that why Scott Coors doesn't have as much sympathy for that. Kind of. Yeah.
0: Because his family was complicit.
2: Yeah. I mean – you know, the show on uh, the other day that y'all had, um, you know, listening to, you know, I don't, I never want to downplay anyone's coming out experience, et cetera. But that, what you read of, of, of Scott Coors coming out was his own moment, but written by someone else and obviously kind of pervade to pull the heartstrings. It's a um, perfect PR piece of a thing. And I just always want people to remember, like, Coors exists very trepidatiously within the queer community ever since those first boycotts. And those boycotts were led by like Harvey Milk in San Francisco. Like they were starting – like there's a great book called Brewing a Boycott, how a grassroots coalition fought Coors and remade American consumer activism. That's really worth reading because you get the gist of the power of the people and the power of the consumer to make change. In the world, and it's something we've lost—you know—a lot of a foothold on. But Coors is always delicately living um, amongst um, the gay bars here, and it always is just is so weird that a Coors family member can't see that as a Coors family member who himself is queer. And I also don't want to go into the like—I don't know what the, your inner workings are going on—but it just—it seems like. You would have done anything, especially as rich as you are, to save that bar, to keep that community space safe. And if 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 hmm. the unhoused situation was really the situation, you you did your poll of five hundred people, and that's that's the that's the outcome that you saw was the biggest thing. Well, why don't you put some of that money towards talking to your friend, Governor Polis? Why don't you talk more to Johnson about his plans for your neighborhood and how you can work together to do what's best for everybody? Also, this this whole, you know, you lump everyone as unhoused into one name. But I'd right. be let's do another survey. How many how many of those unhoused are members of the, the LGBTQIA community? community? Yeah. And I bet you you'll find a, a large number. And so it's a slap in the face to blame Members of those two communities for why your business failed when you can't keep it balanced yourself.
1: It's such well, I think Keith. that's the best place to end the segment. That was uh, that, Thank you for yeah. coming on and sharing that. I'm I'm so glad we had you to talk about this, Keith. That was uh, really interesting. And thank you everyone to wrote in. Um, if ever you have any thoughts or feedback or questions or corrections, tips. I have talked to some people who have shared some like really juicy tips this week. Please keep doing that, everybody, because um, that makes the show better for everyone. Call in. Uh, the number is 720 500 5418. The feedback hotline is 720 500 5418. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back with something else. Casa Bonita.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board
1: All right, we're back. Uh, we got a, we're going to do a segment here just because I think people want to know, honestly. <laughs> and um, Keith, I don't know how many, I don't know when you, if you noticed uh, when you walked in, how many people in the room have Casa Bonita t-shirts on? What? what? Oh, oh, my
0: God. Oh, Olivia's got hers in her bag. <laughs> <laughs> we the went tag to- is still on. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we, uh, we went to Casa Bonita last night. How do you feel about that?
2: um it's i'm, second I'm time. still waiting for my damn I invitation from sorry. those email lists i haven't put three addresses into that email list <laughs> and not one of them is hit yet but are y'all feeling okay that is a, a an honest question like the yeah. food was i woke up right? thinking about it okay but i'm fine. i'm fine okay good. i'm fine
0: the I'm food was, fine. yeah the food was fine it's definitely diff- it's it's not gonna make you sick no and I, that's it's
2: I mean, not and that's, that's a plus plus. and i've always was one of those fresh. people too who like I still ordered food and ate every time so, I, I know, went there previously. I know, you and previously. I were both like, we don't really? think the
1: food's that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the food last night, now, I have a whole list of uh, gripes, and, uh, <laughs> gripes and shout outs and just like things I, I noticed that I, though, a year ago would have been huge scoops. But real yeah, quick, pre- I
0: just want to acknowledge OG Denver. It's like, Keith, I'm sorry that you haven't got the oh, invite. I don't understand please. how it
1: works. Yeah, I don't. Need, I signed up a we minute genuine, and a half after it went live. And right. the way we got access, this is something else people should know. We didn't get any hookup. No. That has never happened. Nope. We've never had a person... We don't know any. We don't know enough people. I would love to know someone like this. If you are this person, reach out. But we didn't have that. Um, our colleague Lizzie got picked, and uh, her she wanted to take her parents, and then she had some extra spots and invited us. And she invited us, so that's and how we got there. Huge, huge shout out to them. We had a nice time last night with them.
0: Woo! So we you've have, you've have gripes and yeah, you want to hear them? Yeah,
1: because you've been before. Um, yeah. The charade of an ordering system at the beginning, it doesn't make any sense. It's all anachronistic. It's like Chipotle-esque. It's like they're they are making the plates, but you're not interacting with them. You don't have a platter. But I think it's just transparency here, Paul. Remember,
0: Pei yeah, and I were talking I like about that this. When you're there previously, they made food and it literally shot out of a hole in the wall. and Which and was you weird. you didn't see any which of was the weird. inner workings of it. So I think that was um, the chef's point. It's still weird now in
1: a different way. It's weird that you
0: have to go to a window and- Make gives, your order yeah, when you're buying your ticket. And then our food
1: was on our table when we showed up. I don't know if you noticed that no, part. No, I but brought that was it. Like, I had to carry it. Oh, you it. brought it? Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> I didn't know. Paul missed me carrying our food. All right,
1: I, My childhood was only ruined twice before we sat down now. So I had three, but that was I can't knock them on that because you did it. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome.
2: You didn't even temper.
1: Cliff divers too good looking. Whole other story. Cliff Di- divers too, too good, good looking. looking. They're too good looking. They're too good at diving. It's like this is not the Casa Bonita in my man. You're <laughs> you not know? you're
0: nitpicking things that were not wrong.
1: No, these things are nice. Keith, let me just tell you. I had a great time.
0: When we go, if I get if I get a pick, if I get an email, I will take you. Vice versa. When we go, it is just better. It's the same. It's it is so the good. same. It is just nicer, cleaner, cooler. Light. The lighting is amazing. There's fog machines. It's amazing. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's still, it's fantastic. Wait, were you
2: intimidated by these divers? Maybe. <laughs> hey, they maybe, were, were, maybe. I mean,
0: they weren't hot, but they were good looking. They were people. very good looking.
2: They're high schoolers, right? No, no. Well, they're they're professional professional not high schoolers. The they used life. to be. Used to be high schoolers. Yeah. I think now they've they've yeah, They've
1: really Here's yeah. a here's a uh, congrats for me. Uh, they're spending money in the right place at this place. It's yeah. not on the food. The food is like humble. It's, it's very good. It's humble. It's not splashy. The money is going to people. They had like a full band playing just on the street. Yeah. They had these all these cliff divers all these shows, the magic show oh my God. was incredible. So Incredible.
0: Very gay undertones. Can't wait. Oh, it's so good.
1: Um, Magic shows.
0: You can't take any pictures or video of the magic show. I get now why. It's too magic.
1: It's, it's you can't reveal it. It's so good.
0: There's There's people sitting in the caves. Too, i'll tell you that keith you know the usually caves.
1: i wanted to ask about what would you have done with the caves
0: i mean who wants to dine back i there? don't know i kind of wondered that because you know when you would go and there was like no one there wasn't even a server in a cave you couldn't find a person down there now they actually seat people down there again
2: you know last time i went pre pandemic pandemic there were people were there in the cave. Really? I mean, we went on I like a friday afternoon at like three and there were people in there
0: huh. it's still t- kind of cold it's kind of dank I don't know if I would love to sit down there.
1: I don't know what you do with it, though. If you're Matt and Trey and you're looking at the caves, like they must know that's not a fun place to eat dinner. Like you yeah, want to be by the It's still weird cliffs. and
0: cool and creepy, and they, they enhance the sound down there. There's like dynamite that blows up. Yeah. And, like
1: It's still oh cool. Oh, God, it was good. Yeah, it was good. The lighting is another highlight. The oh, yeah. lighting is so on point. That's I, changes everything. A lot of it is the old just the old design, but the with the black ceiling tiles with the pu- holes punched through to make stars oh, and then the gorgeous. the colored bulbs but in different patterns. And it's just like it creates incredible. this beautiful lighting. Everything looks good. Everyone looks good.
0: You didn't even go on Blackbird's Cave with us. Was it fun? You know, as a person that didn't go into it until my thirties because I was too scared. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely good. Cool. It's better. There's definitely some, you can hear Matt and Trey's voice. Whoever does most of the voices on South Park does (laughs) voices in it. It's good. It's really good.
1: Um, Speaking of Matt and Trey, we did learn a new fact people might want to know. You mentioned the VIP room yesterday. That you You heard that there was a VIP room. I asked one of the teens about the VIP room that may or may not have been installed. Pirate, yeah. And he did say that um, it's near the entrance and it is a 70s themed smoking lounge where Matt and Trey hang out with the uh, VIPs.
0: It has a little address. They call
1: it their office. And it looks like a, like a ranch house on the outside. So it's kind of disguised into the theme. So we'll have to look next time. Keith, I'll take you. I okay. promise.
0: I okay. promise I'll take you.
1: It was so good. <laughs>
0: it was incredible. It was
1: incredible. Even as a back. hater. Like, I didn't even used to like it that much, but I really liked it last night. It was fun.
0: As a lover of it and a champion forever, it's just only gotten better. So... He's Um, like, this sucks, (laughs) you guys.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have um, to listen to you talk about a place I can't go. Happy for you. We can move on. Uh, We have one, uh, actually a correction before we move on. Yes. Uh, Someone wrote in, uh, we were talking a lot about the new chef, Dana Rodriguez, and this interview that we read a transcript of in Denver. We did not actually listen to, had we listened, we would have known what this person wrote in to correct, which was the pronunciation of her name. It's not Dana Rodriguez, it's Donna Rodriguez. That's how she says
0: it. And I'm so sorry that we have butchered it so many times. I feel horrible. I do too. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Like she was on the show back when she was announced and we just got this wrong. Dana
0: Rodriguez, welcome to CityCast Denver. How
1: rude. Yeah. I feel really bad about that. Thank you. um, I think we're going to do it right next time. And um, sorry to Donna. Yeah. Um, Love your work. Honestly, I I thought food was great once again. Anyway, we're going to go to one more (laughs) quick break and then we'll be back with Wins and Fails. Alright, we're back. Uh, time for the best way to end the week. Rocky Mountain Highs and Lows. A.K.A. Wins and Fails. So each of us has a, a local story that's going on that we think is win. One is fail. We're going to do fails first. Who wants to start? I'll start. Go for it. Uh,
0: Denver the Denver uh, compost the Denver waste people that we love so much. Mm-hmm. They stopped picking up my compost eight weeks ago. It might be week nine if they don't pick it up tonight. I don't know what Pressure's happened. On. We abandon our compost cart in the alley because it smells like a dead body, Paul. For the first time in 15 years, I had to stop composting.
1: Oh, man. Because there's
0: nowhere to put it. I have to put it back in the trash. so i made I made two different tickets through 311. I've yeah, heard, have you heard from anyone? No. I'm like, please just pick up my
1: compost. Is it so it's piling up?
0: It's just we had to stop putting we couldn't even. I can't oh, even. Like, okay. You can't open it because when you open it, it literally smells mm. like a body is rotting in there.
2: Yeah. It's literally just a bucket of live organic matter in our alley <laughs> yeah. right now,
0: just parked Gross. there for the last eight weeks because they stopped picking it up. So I, I know they rolled out the new compost program in August for the rest of the city, but could you come pick up my compost, please? I don't know what to do with
1: it. Seriously. So that's well, my fail. I guess. I guess. we I hope have so much love
0: for you. Denver waste folks, come yeah, get know. my compost.
1: Um, Keith, you want to
2: go next? Sure. Uh, my fail is uh, this wild Bigfoot sighting <laughs> near Durango, off the train, off the Silverthorne train. Come on, people. I'm <laughs>
0: I know. I was like, I feel like anyone could literally have just been like, I saw Bigfoot anywhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's no photos and, and I'm saying this as someone who, like, I believe in aliens and UFOs. Um, I'm still, I still have no idea how to deal with the government coming forward and saying, oh, yeah, it's true. Are you it's, an it's X-Files true. girly? Yeah, I am. I an figure. X-Files girly. But, and maybe for that reason, maybe like, you know, Sasquatch, <laughs> maybe that episode was not true to me and I so therefore i just lost all belief in uh in sasquatch um but yeah like i said quit wasting our time let's focus more on skinwalkers and uh, other like terrifying (laughs) things that we have to worry about than a a very
0: i don't know i don't even know how to describe just like a
2: very hairy a cryptid Sure. Harry the Henderson didn't make
0: you believe in it.
1: I saw no. this video, by the way. I'm totally with you. I think the video's BS. It seems so obviously fabricated to me. Like there were digital artifacts in the video, and it looked like the same pose as that one famous the one Big photo, video, yeah. or the one photo. It's just like this is I so have that photo fake in my brain. and wrong. I, yeah, I'm with you. BS. Yeah, mm. yeah. meh. Maybe There's AI will to do. produce a better video of it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Paul, did you
0: have a fail?
1: I'm still deciding between two. I, okay, here's okay. Here's what I got. Shame I, on the local media. That's my fail. Shame on the local media this week. Um, but uh, it's because of the all the coverage of uh, Lauren Bobert's divorce. Oh
0: my which god, which was such
1: a flimsy excuse to get her name in the title of I your know. thing. Click, like we click, are going to do for this episode now.
0: We are not.
1: <laughs> but the fact that so many was, other people,
0: I, no. I have a. Bobert opinions, but I don't need to
1: What are your show. Bobert opinions? It's, you it's, are on the Bobert know, show that I learned how much the... people want to hear about her and no, think about her all the time. No, t- I
0: don't want to take up any more
2: time with Bobert.
1: Why not? Because. People want to know. Because.
2: Although it's funny, I listened to um, a drag podcast from two, like, uh, RuPaul performers, um, Trixie and uh, Katya. Oh, yeah. And uh, they have a podcast and their latest episode, they were discussing the, the Beetlejuice incident the Bober thing, but yeah. in a way where they both kind of only slightly knew who Lauren Borbert was like they'd kind of <laughs> really? heard like that she was this awful like you know political person but it was like a telephone game of the story of the Beetlejuice night because <laughs> it made it sound like what they heard was that Lauren Borbert was like kicked out because she was actively jerking off her <laughs> date and he was like you know her breasts were exposed, like that That was the incident that cartoonish got cartoonish, like, our car crumb version of yeah, this. So yeah, just, and so they were on the side of just like, well, I don't know, you know, not to kink shame anyone, but like, maybe, you know, just don't do it where, don't do it in a the theater where kids are. Well,
0: that kind of gets into <laughs> what my problem was, was all the coverage, or all the, all the like, I th- it was like these Republicans being like, that's my last straw, I'm not supporting her anymore. I'm like, oh, the hand job was the problem? It wasn't her horrendous opinions on mm-hmm. trans folks? Yeah, it trans wasn't hate. her... You know, the fire love and, of the oil and gas industry. Yeah, like Which, that was your last straw. And it's
2: so funny to me because both the breast caressing and the <laughs> the crotch touching were both momentary, according to the videotape that we've seen. It was not. No pants were open. No, no tops were no, it was on. really
0: the vape cloud.
2: Yes, with
0: the mm. pregnant woman yeah, behind. It her. was a
2: whole thing. But I just, it 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 actually entertains me to no end that other people's perceptions outside of you know okay. we saw it on the local news a million times <laughs> and the rest of the world may have sounded like, a little bit right. why are we talking right? about but that? the legend is that, that she, she just, just like full on going just to like, town yeah in the middle of a of a you know <laughs> Alanis Morissette style just <laughs> going out there
0: is that an urban legend that that part of the song is about Dave
1: Coulier
2: I wouldn't say it's an urban legend I think it's kind it's of a mostly a fact <gasps>
1: wow okay. mm mm-hmm. Dave Coulier, famous star of 90s sitcom. Uncle Joey. Full House. The guy out. that was
0: getting his D-S'd by Alanis Morissette in a movie theater. <laughs> All
1: right, let's move on. Um, let's. Uh, <laughs> that was my fail. <laughs> a brain-breaking fail oh, on Lauren Bubert uh, uh. who might be in the title. <laughs> wince. Time for wince. Um,
2: I'll go. Go for it, Keith. Um, you know, my my regular job is as artistic director at the C Film Center. And um we are in the midst of our big party about to happen, which is the 46th Denver Film Festival.
0: Forty six?
2: Forty six. I'm as old as the festival. Wow. That's how I keep time Girlfriend. with that. Um our forty-sixth Denver Film Festival coming up November third through the twelfth. And any movie theater, any film festival, all these all these organizations, like we've had a time the last few years, you know, making our way through the pandemic, um uh, reemerging amid, you know, I mean, the pandemic's not over, but uh, the continued
0: trying to be in the business, trying to be in this business that that was
2: really, and I mean, this is a longer story. like th- our business was entirely changed, like forever, yeah. like so many aspects of it um by by the pandemic. And one of those things that we've, at Denver Film, had a really great year on is that we've seen audiences coming back and coming back and coming back, and we're able to kind of like go back to our attendance numbers, um, which is very important for an organization like ours that is funded by SCFD. Uh, By the way, props to SCFD for keeping us chugging along as a nonprofit organization. Uh, But we announced the schedule and put tickets on sale for the Denver Film Festival this last week and have been met with a bunch of shows selling out and just tickets moving like crazy and to me uh that's a big win is that people are interested again in films and film festivals and showing up to uh to attend and it just it puts some relief on my end that it's not all dire no people want to see good film exactly and also i mean there's there's still the balance we we are you know every day looking at this sag after us you know all oh, the strikes. strike strike mm-hmm. um against the studios because that ultimately will affect anything we see coming out next year or That's the possibility that we may not see a lot coming out because no movies are in production right now hmm. Um, hmm. everything's dead so. well,
1: Keith with a promo for the festival and then a, a <laughs> I guess a, some sort of uh <laughs> epic bummer epic bummer but why it's so important that we're all going to go enjoy this one no, last it's
0: cool film though. festival and if you-
2: <laughs> before movies die forever
0: I mean also it's a really fun festival no it, it really watched. is
2: I mean it's 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 very we large it. like I always say we always have like 175 movies that include some short films um, it, there is something there for everybody so just pick up a guide go online to Um you will find one movie That you you really want to see.
1: You know what's there for me? This one actually already sold out. Mm -hmm. But the new Miyazaki movie Mm -hmm. that you all are showing at the Denver Botanic Gardens. (laughs) What? What a great pair-up. Where? And it's already sold, it's on standby.
2: Yep. And I should I should always know because people get excited when we're showing a movie at the Botanic Gardens, it's not in the gardens. We're not putting (laughs) up a screen amidst (laughs) it's in their facility. Yeah. They have not set up a situation like that yet. But their their newer building that has a really great new building, yeah. Theater inside. Um, I didn't know that yeah there's a like a nearly 300 seat theater inside um, nice we did the Denver Silent Film Festival there last year um, and it was really nice it's a great theater space and they show a lot of like nature documentaries and things like that but this is a, a
0: fun basis. way also to see movies in some non-traditional spaces that's what mm-hmm. I also like about the film festival exactly
2: and you're part of the Denver Botanic Gardens I don't know if they will have their hours where you can go in um, still at that point but yeah um, yeah, and just for, for those who are disappointed, um, we will be opening the new Miyazaki at the Sea Film Center. Oh, afterwards. Okay, okay. If you can't get in because it's on standby. Good to know. Yes. Good to know. Good okay. To know. Like, Thank you, Keith. That's one where I can be like, we sold it out. So, <laughs> but there are lots of disappointed people. And just know you don't have to be disappointed come December 8th when we will play it at the Sea Film Center. So. Hell yeah. Hot tip. The Thanks, Boy Steve. and the Huron is the name of that movie.
1: Um, I'll go next and you can wrap us up, Okay. My big win this week is for Walmart Air rob walton because he has announced uh, according to nfl.com that he is selling down his ownership stake in the broncos to his son-in-law greg penner um so this is a big win because that's just like obviously the right choice you can't run away from this dumpster fire of a team fast enough they are so bad um i promise it's the last time i'm going to talk about this team because they're not even worth it but last week they lost to a a team that had been like the subject of off-season trash talk, like really off, like out-of-pocket trash talk, Um, and I'm saying that in the Gen Z way. I saw that that's a phrase that's just been in my head. We're going to have to ask Olivia about that. They're just terrible. They're so bad. Uh, They're playing Taylor Swift's team tonight. I'm sure they lost. People will be hearing this after the game happened, Uh, but I think this is going to be the last one I watch. Most of us will just be watching to see if we can see T-Swift in the box. Heck yeah, it's like the most fun thing ever. What's his name's
2: mom? Was the game last night?
1: Uh, Yeah, Thursday night. Thursday night.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, so big win, win
1: to uh, Walmart air Rob Walton for because uh, you know what the Waltons making the correct wins. choice. <laughs> uh,
0: the rich, some of the richest people in the world, need wins right now. Uh, okay, go ahead, Bree, your turn. Uh, local hardcore band Fame is um, calling it quits and doing their final concert. What I respect about this is they quit when they were done. I think a lot of artists and bands <laughs> just play for way too long. They don't like each other. Things get not music gets worse. And you just like, I just admire it when an artist or a group of artists can go, you know what? This iteration of us is over. And I just really respected that. And I just want to give a shout out to fame. I'm not What's hardcore. Bi-
1: hardcore music? Yeah. <laughs> you have this impression I know nothing about music. This just happens <laughs> this to be a blind spot. This the way you spot. said it. Yeah, well, I, the, I mean, I guess This This
0: uh, hardcore music? Tell me about this hardcore music. I mean, it's music. very intense and heavy and... I don't I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you what, like what would what's the most famous thing? Oh, gosh, I don't know if there's any famous hardcore bands. Like Who's at the beginning of that? I don't know. T.S.O.L. or something. Um, but I, I guess I, all that regardless of the musical style, I'm just saying I think some especially local bands. Sometimes I'm like, why are you all still playing together? This is not entertaining for anyone anymore. So the fact that this band was, they were not around for a super long time, but they had one of those like rises where like they were touring and they were doing well outside of the state. And so it was a little bit surprising, like, oh, this band's good. Why are they done? But they were just like, we're, we've are we got other things to do with our lives and we're done. And I just really respect that. So you can go see them this weekend Oh, uh, for their last show. I think it's not Seven Circle. Let me double check. Hold on.
1: I've been hearing about that place last few years, Seventh Circle Music Collective, new, new, it rules. new-ish new DIY space. Oh, they're at D3, West side of town. actually.
0: My bad. Also, a, D3? D3 Arts on Morrison Road. It's hmm. like a all-ages alcohol-free space. Um, it's an incredible venue that's been doing amazing stuff for uh, not just young folks in the community, but artists in general in creating this really... Uh, safe uh, alcohol free space is just a big part of D three, but you can go see Fame there tonight if you want to see them play their last show, or uh, on Saturday if you want to see them play their last show ever. So great, congrats, and that's I hope, a nice
1: win. I like that. Actually. I hope they go on to going do out other top. cool stuff. Yeah. Um. So I guess we should go out on a Fame song. at The end of the show, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> do you want to
2: announce one for us? I Pick I do
0: I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's going to be kind of um jolting for our. Listeners, see, my
2: mind entirely went. I I know this band, Fame, but I also was just singing Irene Cara's Fame in my head.
1: Irene Cara's Fame. fame. Thanks, thanks okay. so much for joining me on the show, Bree and Keith. See you all next week. Thanks for having me.
0: Did you Did you watch Fame on Saturdays after cartoons? Yes,
1: yeah. of course you do. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Olivia Jewel love Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mochachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars. Follow us on Instagram, at CityCast Denver become a member and support us and make sure this continues to exist at membership.citycast.fm and tell Donna Rodriguez about us next time you see her. You can sign up for our daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. oh
2: the Denver Broncos! I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: explain to me why it isn't.
2: <sighs> you just don't understand football, March.